Good morning again. Over the last couple of days, I'm almost ashamed to say this, but over the last couple of days, I've been making it a point to spend more time with God than I normally do. And the reason I'm ashamed to say that is because it should have been something that I was doing the whole time. But through that, um, God has been opening my eyes to a couple of things. One of the things that he has been opening my eyes to is one of the specific reasons that we are here. You know, this is something that we shouldn't take for granted. The gathering of God's saints coming together to worship him through prayer, through praise, and through the proclamation of his word is an amazing thing. In many countries, they're not able to do that. But one of the things that he has drawn my attention to more is prayer. And so much so that through the summer, we're going to put that into action. Every Sunday, we're going to have a time of prayer before the Word of God. And the reason being is because there are many requests that need to be lifted up to our God. Let me ask you this. Tommy just sung a song. Do you still believe God can do miracles? I want you to turn around. Jerry, stand up. Stand up, Jerry. Do you realize that is a miracle? Month ago, I didn't know whether he was going to be able to be here with us or not. This... This week, and I've been, I've been telling him, listen, I'm not pushing you, Jerry. Whenever you want back in the pulpit, you've got to tell me. And this week, he comes and tells me, he said, I want to give it a try next week. And I'm just sitting there thinking about this week. What a miracle that is. Because a month ago, I did not know if he was ever going to be here again or not. And it honestly broke my heart because that's one of my mentors. That's one of the men that I look to. But it was during that time that I remembered how the church was praying for him. Well, there's another request that I want us to specifically be in prayer for this morning. A while back in April, April 16th, matter of fact, um, Tim and Lisa from Mountain Fellowship Camp shared with us about what's taken place over at the camp this week with the free camp for all the teenagers of Suchus. And they were getting so discouraged because they had 15 sign up. But at the same time, 15 kids from Woody Gap, from middle school through high school, makes up 50% of the kids there. Statistically, been a youth minister, been a pastor, we've never been able to get 50% of our teenagers involved in anything. That is a major accomplishment. But one of the things that they want to see come from this It's a miracle. And that miracle is that kids would come to know Christ as Savior. So this morning, I'm going to ask you to come join me as we pray over this camp, as we pray over Tim and Lisa, and as we pray over these kids. Because guys, when God's people Come to him. It doesn't change his mind, but I will tell you this. It does spur him into action. Jerry is proof of that. So anybody who will, 
I'm inviting you to join us up here. I'm going to put a gentleman on the spot. Brian and his small group have made it an effort to make the Mountain Fellowship Camp one of their gospel-centered efforts in their small group, along with our youth. And I'm going to ask Brian Wood, come up here on stage and lead us in this prayer. And I'm just going to tell you, you might want to get used to this because through the summer, we're going to be doing this a lot. And there's a good chance that I may be calling on you to pray. Okay? I don't want you to get off guard about that. You're talking to God. You're talking to God on behalf of whatever request is being made. That is an honor. We should not be able to come before him. So brothers and sisters, I'm going to ask anybody who will come and call, come boldly. Brian? morning uh, just thanking you for the opportunity to uh, just gather together and pray in your name God we're so thankful for the opportunity to be able to uh, be able to speak into our children's life be able to pray for them be able to acknowledge them as brothers and sisters God, we're thankful for the camp and what it stands for. We pray for Tim and Lisa. We pray that you encourage them in times of discouragement. God, we pray for them as they lead in an area that sometimes seems to be forgotten. And God, we're just thankful for them to be able uh, to provide a way for kids to come, not only and have a summer retreat to go to, but to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God, we just pray that that goes forward. We pray for souls to be saved. And God, we just pray for our young people in, in, in whole today. God, so many people has given up on our young people. But it says in your word that the older men are to train the younger men. And their older ladies are to train the younger ladies. And as we spoke about that in Sunday school today, that has not changed. God, that is still prevalent in the age that we live in, and we have failed so miserably in doing that. And God, I just pray that each of us that is older look to those that are younger and acknowledge them as a brother and sister in Christ and treat them as such and help them, pray for them, as they go into this world that is so vile and so evil, God, we should be that refuge that they can come to, those people that they can talk to. And God, we should be the people that help them. But God, again, we thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for what uh, the good news that we're going to hear out of these camps going forward this summer. And again, bless uh, Tim and Lisa and their endeavors. For in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn for their wicked ways, then I, I, speaking of God, will hear their prayer. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. I know that that is a promise that is made to the nation of Israel, but I know the principles of that stand with us as well. If we will humble ourselves and pray, our God can and will do things that we cannot explain. And that's what we desire. The other day I was at Meeks Park. I've been spending a lot of time at Meeks Park. And I found out that a lot of other pastors spend time at Meeks Park too. Matter of fact, I was sitting by the um, little canoe ramp the other day and, and I hear a gentleman just out of the back of my, out of the right side of my head or right side over here, just out of the blue, fan the flame, brother. And I was like, what in the world? <laughs> Thought to myself, who is this psycho? And I turn around and it's a guy that I've known for a long time. He, um, he worked with my mom for a while, probably worked with Melissa as well. It was Shep Calhoun and, and he, was, he was just sitting there. He, he said, what are you doing here? I said, I come here just to get away and try to get some direction on where I think God wants us to go over the summer with preaching and everything else and got into a long conversation and seen some church members and as I was walking to my car, out of the blue, Another pastor, what are you doing here? Well, probably doing the same thing that you're doing. So what are you doing here? And uh, he was, he was actually doing the same thing, coming to walk to get some things straight in his mind about where he felt like God was wanting him to go. And I was sharing with him how in our small groups, we've been going through the Psalms. And one thing that has made it clear to me through the Psalms is God wants us to know who he is. God really has a desire for us to know who he is. And he has done it through an amazing thing that a lot of us take for granted. And that thing is songs. That's what psalms mean. Psalms is a psalm. And every time you read a psalm, I want you to think about that. There's music that goes to this. And you know, music is a very powerful thing. It's an extremely powerful thing. I've told, told Aaron not too long ago. You know, the reason we make sure, and I'm th so thankful for what Tommy does and looking at through the songs that we sing, because songs that are not theologically and biblically correct should not be sung in his church. And here's the reason. I know without a doubt that y'all will most, more likely remember a song remember the lyrics, then you will remember any of my sermons. I'm not caught off by that. That doesn't upset me. But at the same time, over this next little while through summer, we're going to spend a lot of time with some songs. Um, you're going to have to deal with my inability to really sing. Yes, I'm going to serenade you. But I expect you to sing too. But one thing that also hit me a couple of weeks ago about that thought that God wants us to know who he is is that we really need to spend some time focusing on who God is. And you know, there's a gentleman in the book of Exodus who wanted to know the same thing. 
His name, y'all know him, he's my biblical hero, is Moses. Moses was far from a perfect man. But after he had run, run to Midian, got married, was watching over his father-in-law's sheep, he had an encounter with God. An encounter that most of us have either seen in a movie or read about in a book or read about in God's Word. Where a burning bush is on the side of a mountain. Come to find out that mountain is the mountain of God. And when Moses goes up to that burning bush to see what it is, because if you see a bush burning out in the middle of nowhere, I mean, you're going to go see it, aren't you? And don't tell me you're not. I've seen some of y'all in traffic when somebody's pulled over, y'all are turning around to see if it's anybody from church. I know what y'all are thinking. But there's sometimes that we just can't help, but we're just drawn to things. And my question is, are we really drawn to who God is? Because there's a lot of power in us having a proper understanding of who God really is. God tells Moses, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make you a part of something amazing. Because I have heard the cries of the children of Israel. And I am going to deliver them from Egypt. And you're going to do it. First thing Moses says is, <laughs> you got the wrong person. That's not me. Who am I to do this? And then Moses starts spouting off a lot of excuses. And one of the excuses that he spouts off is the scripture that we're going to read today in Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. And this is what it says in Exodus 3. It says, then Moses said to God, Behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, the God of your father has sent me to you. Now, this is in his skepticism of what's going on. Listen to what he says. Now, they may say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them then? What shall I say to them then? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent you. God furthermore said to Moses, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, the Lord, all capitals, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. And this is my name forever. It is a memorial name to all generations. You ever ask God the question, who are you? Have you really ever sit down and ask God that question? Who are you? Man, I have many a times. I have many a times in my life times of skepticism, times when my life wasn't going the way I thought it should go. And a lot of people would say, well, who are we to say that to God? But let's remember this. Moses pretty much asked him the same question. Who should I say? What if they ask, who's your name? And you know what's amazing? 
God gives him a name. I'm horrible with names. I can remember a face forever. But I am absolutely horrible with names. And this even applies to my two seven-year-old boys who live in my house. I see them every day. I hear them every day. I smell them every day. But I'm horrible with names. And sometimes I'll come up to somebody, and this is another reason. Everybody's like, why do y'all want visitor's cards? We want to know your name. Me and Jerry are horrible with it. We write your names down in little books. We recite them to ourselves. We have not went back as far as going over the surveillance footage and seeing who come and putting a name to that face. We should, but we're horrible with names. And I hate going up to somebody and say, hey, brother, hey, buddy, hey, sister, hey, ma'am, how you doing? I hate that. I hate that. You want to know why I hate that? That is so impersonal. You know what? You could know for a fact when somebody has forgot your name. What's that feel like? What's that feel like when somebody forgets your name? There's a feeling of, no, not worthy. There's a feeling of unimportance. There's a feeling of not being known. And God never wanted this for us. Now, I'm going to tell you, the name of God is something that's been argued about for years. And what I have behind me, I've got a laser pointer. This is dangerous. What I have behind me is called, the, let me get this right, the Tetragrammaton. Okay? This is what Hebrew have put in, in, in state for the name of God. It is the Y, the H, the W, and the other H. And I know some of you are saying, well, you did that in reverse. Well, here's some hillbilly Hebrew for you. They read right to left. We, they don't read like us. They don't read left to right. They read right to left. And I know some of you are thinking, that's crazy. Well, Chinese read from top to bottom, and then it moves over, and so on, and so on, and so on. You know what, people? Not everybody does things like us, and it's okay. But if you were to look at this Y-H-Y-H, you would notice something in between them. What's missing? Vowels. Man, I'm so glad we don't do Hebrew. Because you know what? In Hebrew writing, you know what there aren't? Vowels. So, where we get Y-H or Y-H-W-H is from the Hebrew writing that is in here. And if you were to read this out, it would say, Yod-He-Vah-He. Yod-He-Vah-He. That is what that says if you read it out Letter for letter. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I've never heard anybody cry out to yod he vahi Have y'all? No. We've heard Yahweh. And guys, it's not wrong. I'm not going to say it's 100% wrong, right, but it's not wrong. 
We've heard other names. There's many names we've heard for God. There's Yod-Hee-Vah-Hee. Pull up the slide for me, Eric. There's Yod-Hee-Vah-Hee. There's Yahweh. There's Yahweh. There's Adoniah. There's Elohim. There's Jehovah. Jehovah-Jireh. Jehovah-Rapha. Jehovah-Nasa. And Jehovah-Salem. All of these are names that we have heard from God. And the way that they come about this is they have just put vowels in there, insert them in there from other words to get the words that we have today for Yahweh, Jehovah, and all these things. Are they wrong? No. No. I am no way saying that the Bible is wrong on this. I am no way saying that our language is wrong on this. Matter of fact, the word of Jehovah was never pronounced Jehovah before the 16th century. But we don't pronounce anything the way it's pronounced in Hebrew, do we? No. I'll give you an instance. My son, Colton, has a Hebrew name. His name is Matthew. But do you know how they say it in Hebrew? They say it, Mati Teho. Does that sound anything like Matthew? No. It's just how we've come about with it. But just like with God's name, it's not necessarily about the name, it's about the meaning. You know, me and Jennifer did not get the blessing of naming our boys. For those who don't know, they're adopted. And I know some of you are probably gasping, (gasps) they know. We're not keeping it a secret to them. Matter of fact, I've already preparing kids because I know how kids can be. Kids can be harsh. Well, you're adopted, and I've already gave them a comeback for it. They're to look at that kid and say, yeah, that's right. My mom and dad chose me. Your mom and dad are stuck with you. (laughs) We didn't get to give them their first names. Colton, which means a coal town. Dalton, which means a valley town. But we did get to give them their middle names. And I'm not going to take credit for this. Their mom was the one who was instrumental in this. She wanted Colton's name to be Colton Matthew. Do you know what Matthew means in Hebrew? Does anybody know? It means gift of God. And she wanted Dalton's name to be Levi, which in Hebrew is Lave. It's almost backwards. Lave. Do you know what his name means? It means joined together. Jennifer wanted them to have those names specifically because of what God had done and given them to us. They are a gift from God. And God is the one who joined us together. And you know what? You'll know something very interesting also about their names, Matthew and Levi? They're the same name. They're the exact same name. And see, when it comes to the name of God, it's not about how it's said. It's more about what it means. And there are songs all over that give us some insight to exactly what God's name means. So let's ask the first question. What is God? It's an important question to ask. He stated in there that I am Yahivahi, or I am who I am. And you know, for me, this sounds like a cop-out, because have y'all ever used this before? Y'all ever used this saying before? 
Somebody comes up to you about something that you've did and they don't agree with the way you handled things and you just look at them and say, I am who I am. That's all there is to it. And most of us would look at this as one of those stop sentences. One of those sentences that we use to stop a conversation. But God was actually using this sentence as a sentence to start a conversation. I am who I am. Understand what this is. This is a name that states there is no origin. This is a name that states there is no point of reference. And this is a name that states that there is no explanation. And you know what? When you have a name that has no origin, no point of reference, and no explanations, you know what else it has? It has no limits. I am who I am is a statement that says, I'm not limited by anything. You've grown up in church long enough, or you've been to church a couple of times, you've heard three words that we use to describe God. The first one, omnipotent, omnipotent. Another argument about how you say it. But what does that word really mean? It means that he is all-powerful. Now see, we can't understand this because we are not omnipotent. But we have to realize that we have a God who has unlimited power. Something that is all-powerful can have no creation. And bear with me for a second. Let me tell you why something that is unlimited can have no creation. Because if something is created, it is limited by the one who made it. When God is making this statement that I am who I am, he is stating that no one created me. I am me. I am the one who has ruled over me. And I am the one who has no limits whatsoever. God created everything. But God was never created. Listen to that a minute. God created everything. Everything that we see, every good thing that we see. Now, God didn't create sin. Don't throw that one in there. Sin didn't come about till man came about. But he created the trees, the mountains, your pet, the animals, you, your spouse, your children, your family. He created it all. And this is why we have such a hard time with understanding something that has no creation. Because we've never been in that state. We are created beings. And we are created in His image for His glory, for His purpose. And the first stone that came to my mind when I was thinking about an all-powerful God was the song that Tommy just got done singing. I didn't even know he was going to put it on the list. But I want you to listen to this. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder. When was the last time you were in awesome wonder of who God is? Consider all the worlds thy hands have made. 
I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displayed. This sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Whenever I hear that song, that thought always goes into my mind. How great you really are. Because I can't comprehend it. I can't understand it. But the one thing that I'm thankful for in this more than anything is that even though I can't understand it, even though I can't comprehend it, God is the only certainty we have in a very uncertain world. I am who I am is here. He created you. He breathed breath into your lungs. He formed you with his own hands in your mother's womb. And I want you to think about that for a minute. Everything else he spoke into existence. But when it come to you, God got his hands dirty. His thumbprint is over your whole life. And most of us don't even recognize it. He is all powerful. But he is also omnipresent. There is not a place that the Lord is bound to. One of the main things that God continually tries to convey to his people is that I will always be with you. That's a hard thing for us to understand, isn't it? Especially for me. Two weeks ago, me and Kari were laughing about it. Kari has my schedule, my wife has my schedule, and we were, kind of, we were talking about how two weeks ago, I had three appointments at the same time every day. Now, that does, it was things like plays and boys' ball games and stuff like that. And I was just sitting there thinking, I've got to choose. And you know what? It made me realize that how ge- geographically limited I am. I can only be at one place at one time. All of you are the same way. Parenting, it gets tough because sometimes parents, you got to learn how to divide and conquer. You know what I mean? I know Joe and Brittany know what I mean because they had to do it through baseball or softball over the last couple of days. I know Brian and Brooke know what it means because they've had to do the same thing. Kari, Kari's had to divide herself in some way, shape, or form. We're not sure how she does it, but if she will tell me, it would help me a lot. But that's the one thing that makes it hard for us to understand. When God says, I am who I am, it makes it hard for us to understand how God can be everywhere at once. And the song that came to my mind was a song that we think of as a child song. We think of some, this is a song that you sing when you're in preschool. Or you sing when you're in the kids' Sunday school class. And you know what? You're all going to sing it right now. And I'm going to help lead you in it. You ready? We're going to clap too. Okay? Y'all need some blood flowing. Come on. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world 
In his hands, he's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the wind and the rain. He's got the wind and the rain. In his hands, he's got the wind and the rain. In his hands, he's got the wind and the rain. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the little tiny baby. He's got the little tiny baby. In his hands, he's got the little tiny baby. In his hands, he's got the little tiny baby. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, brother. He's got you and me, brother. In his hands, he's got you and me, brother. In his hands, he's got you and me, brother. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, sister, not to be left out. He's got you and me, sister. In his hands, he's got you and me, sister. In his hands, he's got you and me, sister. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. Y'all done good. Give yourself a round of applause. Such a cute little innocent song, isn't it? Do you understand the theological principle behind that song? He has everything in his hands. You know what that means? God's a lot bigger than what we make him to be. How can he be everywhere at once when he holds the world in his hands, he's looking at it a completely different perspective than you and me. Us, we're geographically hindered. We can only see what's in front of us. And God can see it all, all at the same time. And you know what? I remember that song when I was the boy's age, but I never remember thinking about the implication that that song has. This is how God is omnipresent. Because while my footprint only can be right here, God's footprint covers everything. He is everywhere at the same time. Why? Because He is who He is. He is God. But another thing, real quick, He's omniscient. And in this, you've got to understand God is not bound by time. God is not bound by time. And I've heard some people say, well, God doesn't live in time. Uh, that's not exactly correct because God is in time, but he's in time all the time. He's just not bound by it. And I know some of you are thinking, you said omniscient. That means he's all knowing. Yeah. So what does that have to do anything with time? Let me ask you a question. What's your day going to be like tomorrow? Can anybody tell me? Is it going to be a good day? For some of these ladies up here up front, it's going to be a good day. You want to know why? Because they get to sleep till 11. It's going to be a great day. For mama, sitting right next to him, it's not going to be that great a day because she's still got to get up and she's still got to go to work. Not going to be awesome at all. But honestly, how good is your day going to be tomorrow? 
Is it going to be a good day? Is it going to be a bad day? Is it going to be a busy day? Is it going to be a relaxing day? Is it going to be a day to where you can really enjoy life? Or is it going to be a day to where you absolutely hate it? And the reality is, you know what? None of us know. None of us know what tomorrow is going to be like. We can tell you what yesterday was like. We can tell you what the days before that were like. We can even tell you what it was like in history from some of the things that we're reading. But when you think of an all-knowing God, you've got to understand, He knows yesterday, He knows today, and He knows all of tomorrow. And He knows the tomorrow after tomorrow. And He knows the tomorrow after that tomorrow. And the tomorrow after that tomorrow. He knows it all. When we think about somebody who's all-knowing, the first thing that comes to my mind is a Trivial Pursuit champion. How many of y'all remember Trivial Pursuit? Oh, come on. Y'all never played Trivial Pursuit? What's wrong with you people? That is a game of useless knowledge. You, you know that, right? It's never, it might win you a Trivial Pursuit night at some sports bar or something. I don't know. But other than that, it's useless knowledge. It's not knowledge that is going to help you in any way, shape, or form. And you know what's funny is trivial. When we think of the word trivial, we think of knowledge, but really the word trivial means of little value. Everything that we know about our lives is of very little value. And anybody under the age of 21 listening to my voice right now, hear me on this. I know many of you are trying to find your identity, your value, who you are. And I get it. I was there too. It's a tough time. You're trying to prove yourself. Watch out about proving yourself against mama. You can prove yourself against daddy. He ain't gonna do much, but mama, hmm. But if you really want to know who you are, who you are gonna be tomorrow, who is the best individual to ask? Is it your friends? Man, they don't even know what they're going to do tomorrow. Is it your dad? He can't even remember what he wore yesterday. Is it your mom? She's still trying to figure out what she's going to do for supper tonight. Is it the world? This world has no idea which way's up and which way's down. So answer me this one question. Everybody under the age of six, uh, 21, answer me this one question. Why are you trying to find your identity in a world that doesn't even know you? See, we're bound by time. Some of us, we may spend a hundred years trying to figure out who we are and where we're going. 
But when God was telling the children of Israel, I am who I am, understand this. They were about to go into a land that they had never been before. They were about to go into a very scary place. And I know it's scary where you live. It's scary at school. Parents will say, well, being a kid today is just like being a kid yesterday. No, it is not. No, it is not. Absolutely not. Temptations may be the same, but the access is nowhere near the same. But I want to challenge you on this. If I want to know everything about this phone, who do I go to? Huh? Did somebody say Steve Jobs? He's dead. We'll have a hard time going to him. But you're going to go to Apple, right? Why? Because they made that phone. They know everything about that phone. They know what makes this phone work and they know what makes it not work. If you're having a problem with your TV, who are you going to ask other than your seven-year-old? You're going to go to the person who created that TV. Why? Because they know how it works. They know what it does. And now the TVs are smart and the users are dumb and we've got a problem. We've got a big problem. So who do we go to? We go to the people who invented it. Young people, listen to me. You want to know who you are? Go to the one who created you. Let him tell you who you are. Let him tell you who he desires for you to be tomorrow. Because while you don't know right yet, and it's cool, he does. You see, when God was telling this to the children of Israel, he was trying to get very personal with them. And I want you to understand something. Because we've gone through the, the who, the what, the why, the when, and the where. But now we're getting to the why. Because why is all of this important? Why is all of this so stinking important? Number one reason it's important. If you don't know who God is from his word, somebody else will tell you who he is from their opinion. There is a group of individuals that are very active in our community, extremely active in our community, who say that God, who we call Jehovah, was birthed by Mother God and Elohim. And that Jehovah, God of today, was just like us. He struggled with sin, but he made a set of rules. And he worked out his salvation and even his Godhood by following these set of rules. And if you do this, you can have salvation as well. I'm not gonna, I'll tell you who it is. I'll tell you exactly who it is. That's the Mormon church. That is some of the biggest money that is going behind the series, The Chosen. Y'all didn't know that either, did you? That is what's being brought into this community. 
And I know people say, well, why don't you tell us what they believe? No, you need to know what you believe. You need to know what this says. And you need to know why this is important. Because this is the point that Moses was really trying, or God was really trying to get to with Moses. God wanted Moses to personally know him. And you know what else? He wants you to personally know him too. Remember I told you at the beginning, I'm a little bit ashamed because I have been spending more time with God in the last couple, we'll go weeks, two weeks, than normally. And the reason I've been doing it is because I have, I've been going through a little bit of a time. Show me your glory, God. Show me who you are. Show me how limitless you are. Show me what you can do in spite of me. Show me what you can do through me. Show me what you can do with me. Show me who you are. And this is why this is so important. And this is why this one little answer was so important to the children of Israel. Because the children of Israel had been stuck in Egypt for over 400 years. Right at 400 years. Okay? Hear me on this. Ready? How do you get away from a Pharaoh that has been over you for so long? How do you get away from that type of torture of somebody who's had absolutely total control over you? The children of Israel, no doubtably, said to themselves, Who is going to rescue us from this? Pharaoh. And what was God's answer? I am. Okay, who's going to lead us in the wilderness? I am. Who's going to give us food? Who's going to give us water? I am. Who's going to protect us as we go into this new land that is inhabited by many people? I am. Who's going to help us know who you are? I am. Now let's flip it around a little bit. I don't know what you got going on in your life right now. But there is one thing that I do know for sure, that this life is full of nothing but trials and troubles. And I know many of you are facing some very, very hard times in many different situations. And I know you're sitting there saying to yourself, how am I going to get out of this? And the whole time God is whispering, I am. God, how am I going to break these chains of addiction? I am. God, how am I going to provide for my children's future? I am. God, how am I going to make it through this situation on my own? I am. So simple, so small, 
And yet it's something that we haven't grasped. God created us to do life with him. And for far too long, we've been trying to do it on our own. And we wonder, how are we ever going to get back on track? He simply says, I am. Yahi vahi. I am who I am. I am all powerful. I am ever present. And I know everything. Do you want to know him? Do you really want to know him? Because Moses had to ask him who he was. Are you willing to ask God who he is? For some of you, that may start with a relationship with him. And the only way that relationship comes about is through his son, Jesus Christ. And we're going to get, we're going to, get to Jesus. We're going to get to the Holy Spirit. We're going to get to the Trinity. We're going to get to all of these things over the next couple of months. But today we're focusing on him. I am who I am. And you know what he knew? He knew a long time ago, even before he created you, that there were going to be things come up in your life that you would do that would separate you from him forever. And Paul tells us that before the foundations of the earth that God created, or God sent his son, not created, God sent his son to die for us. See, he already knew that you were going to mess up. And that moment where you thought, how am I ever going to make my way back to God? God said, I am. I'm going to make it that way. And his name is Jesus. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father except by him. So for us to really understand who God is, we have to come through Christ. And this morning, all it takes is this. Do you believe with everything in you God didn't separate himself from you. You separated yourself from him with your sin. Most of us will say yes. I agree with that. Do you know that there is nothing that you could do ever to work your way back to God? Most of us say yeah. I acknowledge that. Do you know that your sin has a penalty and that penalty is death? Yeah. I know that. Do you know that Jesus Christ took that penalty that you deserved and died on the cross? Because if you don't believe that, that's where we got to start. That is where we have to start. And some of you say, well, I need to get my life right. You can't get your life right. I am's going to do it. Some of you say, 
Well, I may do that later on, but right now is not a good time. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Don't push it off. But I am knows what's happening tomorrow. But more importantly, he knows what's happening now. This morning, all of our relationships with God start through Jesus. And he knows it all. And I'm going to finish up with this one song. When I think back to my life in church, this one song comes to my mind all the time. And this is how it goes. If you know it, sing it with me. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine. For its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry o'er the future, for I know what Jesus said. And today I'll walk beside him, for he knows what lies ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand But I know who holds tomorrow And I know who holds my hand Father, thank you for making yourself known to me. It was a work that only you could do. And this morning, I pray that you do it again. Father, allow your spirit to work in your people. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I don't know what your need is, but I'm going to invite you no matter what it is, come before an all-powerful, an ever-present, an all-knowing God. Lay your hearts before Him. Whether you do it at the altar, in your seats, do you know Him? Hey guys, Pastor Scotty Gerard here, and I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this has been a resource that's helped you grow in your purpose for God, but also grow in His glory. We also want to extend an invitation to you to join us here in person at Harmony Grove. We are located at 1008 Town Creek School Road in Blairsville, Georgia. We would love for you to come be a part of our service, to be a part of our small groups. If you have children, we have children's classes on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning. And all this information can be found on our website. We'd also like to continue help you in your growth with Christ. 
If you have a question, maybe a prayer request, or just need to talk to somebody, you can contact us in the emails below in the description, or you can also contact us through our app and through our website, which are also found in the description below. Again, we hope this has been a blessing to you because we know that you joining us today has been a great blessing to us. Thank you so much. God bless.